Good morning, faith family. If you got a Bible, would you turn to Hebrews chapter 11? I want to say hello to those gathered in Lakeville and in our sanctuary service. I want to start off this morning by just kind of asking a real uh, deep theological question, and it's this. Uh, why do we live here? I think the answer is faith in God, okay? Uh, we, we've been studying that issue over the last several weeks. We, we've been in the book of Hebrews for several months, but uh, started off the beginning of the year here in Hebrews chapter 11, looking at this idea of faith. Uh, what is faith? What is Christian faith? Why is it so uh, important? And so while you're turning to Hebrews 11, uh, let me give just kind of a quick recap of what we've talked about uh, thus far on this issue of faith. For instance, we defined faith, and this is so important because we don't want to think about faith just the way the world thinks about it or, or what you might read in a Christian bookstore. We actually want to know how does the Bible define faith? And so we defined it based on Hebrews 11 verse 1 as the confidence we have in the promises of God because of the God who promises. The things hoped for, that is the things that God has promised about our future that we don't yet see. We're confident in those things because God promised. That's what real faith is. And because of that, it helps us understand what faith is not. Some of the misconceptions that are out there, like for instance, faith is not risk without revelation. In fact, in some ways, I would say faith isn't risky because there's nothing more certain than the promises of God. That's a good place for an amen. All right, come on. Warm up, you Minnesotans, all right? It's, in, some, in other words, risk just for the sake of risk isn't faith. It, it's, it's we step out because God has said. Secondly, it means that faith is not just positive thinking. And this is the one we often see in our culture. It's the, I believe I can fly. You know, if you just believe you can do anything, that's not what faith is. Faith is actually based on what God has said. And I'm all for you thinking positively, but that's not necessarily faith. Thirdly, is faith is not fa facts without action. Uh, finish this with me. Faith without works is dead. And so if we believe, we act on that belief. It's not just intellectual uh, facts alone. Number four, it's not circumstantial. That is, I believe only if life makes sense. Newsflash, a lot of times life doesn't make sense. Most of the time life doesn't make sense. And yet we're confident, not in life and the circumstances of our life, we're confident in God. And then lastly, faith is not getting my way. That is, that faith is what you want rather than what God has actually said. And this is so, so incredibly important because I think the most feedback I've received on us really understanding what biblical faith is, is on that point. As people have come to me and said, I, I admit that I put words in God's mouth, that I really wanted my family member to be healed, but God didn't necessarily promise that he would do that. What he did promise is he would always be with me. And so you have to be careful that your faith is really nothing more than an expression of what you want. Hello, the world does that. No, this is the fact that God has given us promises and we can bank our life on them. You with me? That's what faith is. Now, why is faith so important? Okay, this is like the sermon before that. You get two sermons today. Aren't you excited? Why is faith so important? If that's what faith is, then why is it so important? Well, Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please him. We've been learning that faith is so important because when we trust God, 
we please God. And we've been talking about these two roads of faith or two roads of approaching God that a lot of people go down and, and kind of the most popular one is this idea of we think we can please God if we try really hard and impress him and, and use our self-effort and make him really, really happy. But we've been talking about the fact that that makes you very tired. It's exhausting. And, and, and here's, here's what's fundamentally wrong. You actually never please God that way. He's not interested in your trying. What he wants is your trusting. That's the real road of faith that pleases God. And it works like this. I enter into situations in life. God has spoken to me specifically from his word. And I, you ready? Trust him. I don't try hard to please him. I just Trust him with my life, and that pleases him. And that's what we've been talking about over these last several weeks. And I'm telling you, you should see the emails in my inbox of people who are writing to me and just saying, I'm finally getting what the Christian life is all about. Because I spent most of my life on the trying road but that's not the Christian road. It's really trusting him because what it means to be a Christian is to live by faith in God. You with me, faith family? That was all free and doesn't count against my time. <laughs> that's what faith is, and that's why faith is so important. So would you join me this morning as we continue down this road of faith, looking at these examples in Hebrews 11. If you're able in all of our locations to please stand, would you please do so? And let's pick it up in verse 23, Hebrews 11 and verse 23. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. That, that's God's word. Would you pray for me and with me and ask God to come and teach us as we, we look to his word. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this time to be together this morning. Um, it is a gift of grace. You, you didn't have to speak, but you have spoken. You have given us your word, and we get the privilege to, in moments like this, uh, listen closely to it, not to a messenger, not uh, to a person, but it's that through the proclamation of your word, you meet us here. And so I do pray, God, that you would do that. We've been learning about what it means to live by faith. We've been learning what it means to trust you. And so once again, as we think about this road of faith, teach us, encourage us to persevere and endure in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. 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 Please be seated. The mission was simple. Get rid of all the foreign devils. And that's exactly what this group of revolutionaries intended to do. The year was 1900. It, the location was northern China. The event 
would become one of the darkest moments in Chinese history, an event that became known as the Boxer Rebellion. By the 1900s, uh, uh, Western influence had grown significantly in China, much to the displeasure of some of the local Chinese. And so a group of revolutionaries got together and decided that they were going to cleanse their culture of anything Western. What transpired was dark and violent and bloody. Businesses looted, lives threatened, and at the top of the list, Christians. Churches burned, schools destroyed, and many Christians lost their life. Yet out of this darkness and out of all this violence came an amazing story of faith. It took place at a Christian school. There was about a hundred students or so at this school, and the the insurgents, the the revolutionaries came into this school, and they took those hundred students, and they put them in a classroom. They barricaded all the exits out except for one. They went to the chapel and took down an old cross, placed it outside of that only exit, gave the following instructions to those hundred students. You'll walk out one by one, and you will step on the cross as a way of denouncing your faith in Christ. If you do, we'll let you go. If you refuse to step on the cross, you'll be executed immediately. The first eight students stepped on the cross. And true to their word, the revolutionaries let them go free. And the next girl in line was a young teenage Chinese girl When she walked up to the cross, she couldn't step on it. Instead, she knelt beside it. And she prayed out loud that God would give her the strength to endure whatever happened next. And she got up. She walked towards the revolutionaries. And true to their word, they killed her on the spot. What happened next was... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You see, there were 90 students still in that room. And do you know, Faith Family, not a single one of them stepped on the cross. All it took was that one example of faith to encourage the rest of them in their faith. And and I thought about that story as we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and I've been thinking about the the power of example, that, that sometimes all you need is a little bit of encouragement. Sometimes all you need is another example to strengthen your faith to persevere. 
It's why the Bible frequently talks about being an example. Uh, Paul talks about to Timothy, let no one despise your youth, but set for the believers an example. To Titus, show yourselves in all respects to be a model of good works. Matthew chapter 5 says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others. It is, in a real sense, what the author of Hebrews is trying to do in this letter, is it not? I mean, Hebrews 11 is just example after example of these men and women who lived lives of faith. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, now Moses. Why is the author giving us all of these examples? He tells us why in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Look at it on the screen. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that is all these examples, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us. This isn't just the main thing that we're going to talk about today, but it's significant as I thought about that girl's story of the power of example. Can I just stop for a moment and say, if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, do you realize that you are swimming in an amazing redemptive stream of men and women that have gone before you and men and women who are walking with you right now and they are living lives of faith in God? If you're here this morning and you're discouraged, let me encourage you, you are not alone. Amen? There are people who have walked this road of faith before you, and that ought to encourage you. But there's another thing about that Chinese girl story that really, really stuck out to me as it relates to Hebrews. It wasn't just the power of example, but it was also this, and this is what we will focus the next two hours on. Here it is. Faith in the Lord, overcomes the fears of life. That faith in the Lord overcomes the fears of life. Now, let me show you that that's actually in the text, and then let's talk about it. Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not, say it, afraid of the king's Edict. Now look at verse 27, you see the same thing. By faith, he that is Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king. So clearly we see in the text the theme of fear. We've been talking about this road of faith and expectations and what you, what you can expect as you walk the road of faith. Uh, like last week, we talked about the fact that part of the things that you're going to experience on this road of faith is struggle. There'll be times you don't understand what God is doing. There'll be times you'll ask why. There'll be times that you just don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening. That's normal. Here's something else today that I want you to know is a part of this walk of faith, this road of faith. There are going to be times on this road when you are going to be afraid. There's going to be fear that creeps into your life. You're going to be worried. You're going to be anxious. There are going to be things that that can almost paralyze you. You know, fear is a very, very common experience, is it not? I jotted down just a few things that people often fear on the road of faith. There are certainly others. 
Some fear what others think about them or what they might do to them. That's common. Secondly, they fear the future. How how is this going to turn out? Some of you are there right now. Some of you fear, thirdly, the unknown. The questions that you're asking don't seem to be getting the answers you're needing. Fourthly, some of you fear personal loss. Lastly, you may fear suffering or even death. And those are just a few things that sometimes we fear. Listen, listen, even as Christians, you with me? Sometimes we think as Christians, it's like, oh, well, never be afraid. No, fear is a normal part of the walk of faith. And here's the, here's the danger of fear. Fear in many ways is like a tiger's roar. I got your attention now, all right? Did you know this about a tiger's roar? What makes a tiger so dangerous is not just the strength or size of the animal, but it's actually something about that roar. It, it lets out a high-frequency sound wave that, that you can actually hear, but it also lets out a low-frequency sound wave that you can actually feel, and it's that low sound wave that, that makes you for just a moment paralyzed. That what happens when, when a tiger comes up on a prey and lets out that roar, the, the reason the prey doesn't just turn and run, instead they're paralyzed for just a moment. And because they get paralyzed for that moment, the tiger pounces. Come here. Lakeville, sanctuary, everybody right here. You realize that you have an enemy who wants to paralyze your life with fear so that he can pounce all over you. And I am here to declare to you that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And that if you're on this walk of faith and you feel paralyzed by fear, faith in the Lord can overcome the fears of life. Let me show you three fears, three fears that happen here in this particular passage, and then we'll talk about how we can strengthen our faith to overcome it. Let's go through this quickly. Notice the first first one here is that faith overcomes the fear of persecution, the fear of persecution. Uh, I, I take this from verse 23. Everybody with me, faith family? By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So, so this is about persecution. Uh, you know the story. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They've been growing in number. Uh, Pharaoh is very concerned about that because there could be an uprising. So he gives an edict that the uh, newborn male children be killed. But Moses' parents and the midwives refuse to follow that edict. They refuse to follow what Pharaoh has said because they, they know it's not the right thing to do. It's not what God would have them do. You you say, well, how do they know that? Well, the text says they knew the child was beautiful. Well, what parent doesn't? (laughs) And the text doesn't mean that if Moses had just been an ugly baby, well, they would have thrown him (laughs) in the Nile. That is not (laughs) a cute baby. Um, 
That's not what this text means at all. Like, Moses was saved because he was a pretty child. No, 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 no. The beauty that they see was the beauty of this life. And they knew that the ordering of this destruction from Pharaoh was not right. It was not what God would have them do. And so listen, they stood up for what was right, even if it meant their death. I mean, you don't stand up against Pharaoh and live to tell about it. But their faith in God overcame their fear of Pharaoh. Their confidence in God, their assurance in God overcame the fear they had of persecution. Point, faith family, on this road of faith, there are going to be times when you collide with the world. Somebody say, preach, preacher. That is, the world is going to ask you to do, potentially with consequences, what you know you can't do because you follow Christ. It won't be a Pharaoh, but it might be a boss, it might be a professor, it might be a parent, it might be a coach, but you've been asked to do something you can't do because thus saith the Lord. And what you've got to know in that moment is what we've been learning all across this road is that when you trust God, you please God. When you trust God, you please God. And we're going to talk about how to overcome that in just a moment. Look at the second type of fear that is found in this passage, and it is found in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Here's the second type of fear, and that is the fear of losing possessions. The fear of losing possessions, losing things in life that we cherish or uh, love. Um, the rest of the story goes like this. Quickly, Moses is found, and he grows up in Pharaoh's court. And he's got, he's got everything. He's got wealth. He's got status. I mean, everything that you could possibly want in life, Moses has. But he comes to a point in his life that you're going to come to in your life. And here it is. You ready? That doing the right thing may cost you worldly things. Doing the right thing may cost you worldly things. Now, that is so important for these Hebrew Christians. This, this won't be on the screen, but if you go back to Hebrews chapter 10, and let's just say, for instance, verse 34. For you had compassion on those in prison. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. The reason why Moses is so relevant to these Hebrew Christians is because they are actually in a context where walking the road of faith will cost them. Them something. And it will you too. It may cost you that promotion. It may cost you that relationship. It may cost you financially. Listen, doing the right thing that is living by faith, listen, 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 Lakeville Sanctuary, doing the right thing will cost you something. 
And that fear of, I don't want to lose that relationship. I I don't want to lose that that I worked so hard for. I don't want to lose that promotion because I want that status in Egypt. And that fear can paralyze you. But faith overcomes fear. Notice the third type of fear that we find in this passage is found in verse 27. It says, by faith he, Moses, left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. This is the fear of perseverance, the fear of perseverance. So you have the fear of persecution, what will Pharaoh do to me? You have the fear of losing possessions. If I live by faith, I'm not going to get all the treasures of Egypt. Thirdly is the fear of perseverance. Now, when you read verse 27... This is going to be fun. When you read verse 27, you ought to be skeptical. You know, by the way, one of the things I love about our culture at Berean is we ask hard questions and we push back and we deal with the text and we struggle with things. Anybody like just excited to be at a place where it's free to do that kind of thing? You should be skeptical of verse 27 for two reasons. First of all, just practically, You're telling me Moses didn't have any fear at all? That just doesn't seem real. You with me? It's like, come on. If you've got, if you're Pharaoh's target, if he's after you, you're telling me you're not afraid at all? That just, that doesn't seem to resonate with real life. There's a second reason why you should be skeptical of verse 27. I love the tension I'm feeling right now. Is he really saying this? The second reason that you should be skeptical is because the Bible. Have you read Exodus chapter 2? Maybe you would do us well to go back and see the whole story. Look at Exodus chapter 2 and verse 13. When he, Moses, went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? And he answered, Who made you prince or a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me like you did the Egyptian? Don't. Now, everybody say, Lakeville Sanctuary, everybody say this next phrase with me. I I want everybody to hear it. Then Moses was what? And thought, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard it, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses... Fled. Why, why, did he, why did he flee? He wanted to go get a, something from Starbucks, probably. He's probably he just needed a coffee break and had a doctor's appointment that he was in a real hurry to get to. No, he fled because he was afraid. He fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. Now, that just doesn't sound like... Hebrews eleven twenty seven. It would do us well to read it again. By faith, Moses left Egypt. Yeah, we just read about that in Exodus chapter 2. Not being afraid. Hold on a minute. That ain't what I read. And this seems so odd because you would think that the author of Hebrews would know his Old Testament. That's a joke for those of you that have been a part of this series. Hello. Is there anybody that knows the Old Testament better than the author of Hebrews? Do you understand the tension that I'm feeling right now? Do you feel it with me? 
Why would he? It's, it's like he's trying to give us this image of Abraham never struggled. You know, God just said, do this. And Abraham was like, sure, God, you bet. No pushback. But that's not the whole story. Or Moses didn't have any fear at all. I'm not even sure that's biblically accurate. What is going on? I'm telling you, this will preach. What is the point the author's trying to make? Why is he giving them example after example? Let let me show you from the text, and then I'll make the point. Look again at the verse. It's there in the verse, verse 27. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he, everybody say it, endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now look at chapter 12, verse 1. It's what all of these examples are intended to do. Therefore, this is chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a so great a cloud of witnesses, that is all these examples, let us lay aside every weight, sin that clings so closely. Let us run with, say it, endurance, endurance, the race set before. In other words, all, I'm going to sit down. What's the point? the author is trying to do with all these examples. He's not trying to show them as perfect. He's showing them as persevering. Fear didn't have the final say in Moses' life. You know why? Because he didn't stay in Midian. He fled because he was afraid. But that fear didn't paralyze him. His story didn't end there because faith overcame his fear. In other words, notice it on the screen. It's not that Moses never had fear. It's that his fear was overcome by his faith. That's what the author's trying to do. He's just trying to show you that all these individuals endured so that in your moment of fear, you will too. Faith family, on this road of faith, there are going to be moments when you feel like this. Right here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I think I'm just going to stay in Midian. I'm done. I ain't preaching another sermon. I'm not going to love again. I'm not going to trust again. I'm so paralyzed by fear right now. No, sir. No, thank you. I'm finished. And the temptation is to let that fear paralyze you for good. But I'm telling you, faith in God. Faith in God has the power to overcome your fear. And you don't have to hide in Midian anymore. Because brother, sister, your story's not over. God's not finished with you. Moses, you're not going to end here, buddy. I have great plans for you.
Sometimes you're afraid to persevere. Sometimes you're afraid to keep going. But faith overcomes that fear. Amen? So those are the three examples of fear that we see in this passage. Uh, now, let's just kind of close. And if you're new, that means how long? <laughs> An hour. I like you. How do we, it's easy to kind of say that, but how do we, when we're on the road and that tiger's roar comes and we just freeze and we're afraid? What do we do in that moment to strengthen our faith so that we can overcome our fear? I'm going to give you four quickly. Here's the first one. Is when that moment happens on the road of faith and you're afraid, remember your identity in Christ. Remember your identity in Christ. I take these all from the text. Uh, That is, uh, the text says that Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, listen to this. There came a point in Moses' life when he had to answer this question, and it's big, faith family, listen, Do I belong to Egypt or do I belong to God? Because when you're afraid that you may be persecuted, when you're afraid that you may lose things because of your faith, you have to ask yourself, who am I? Do I belong to the world or do I belong to God? And if I truly belong to God, if that's my identity, then I really have nothing to fear. Amen? In fact, notice this on the screen. I I think this is so important. The main reason we fear the things of the world is because we've let the things of the world define us. Somebody say breach. The reason why you're so afraid of losing those possessions is because you've defined your identity on those possessions. You're nothing if you don't have that status. You're nothing if you don't have those friends. You're nothing if you don't have that popularity. And if you lose that, which you're terrified by the way of losing, you'll be a nobody. Brother, sister, you are a somebody because of your faith in somebody. That's your identity. And so when that moment comes and you're afraid and you're terrified, remember who you are. Remember your identity. You don't belong to Egypt. You belong to God. And that will strengthen your faith to overcome fear. Secondly, is remember the priority of the mission. Remember the priority of the mission. Moses was given a mission. That's why he left Egypt. And that mission wasn't to serve Pharaoh. It was to serve God. Here's my point. On the road of faith, when you feel paralyzed by fear, uh, here's what you have to remember. You're not in the world for the world. You're in the world to serve God. You're in the world to serve God. In other words, God has given you a mission. That mission's not about you. And how much status can you have by the end of your life? And how much money can you have by the end of your life? And how safe and comfortable can your life be as long as you're... That's not why you're here. You're here for a mission. There has been a priority placed on your life. And don't you forget that. Moses had to remember that I can keep going on because God has given me something to do. He has given me a mission, and that's the priority of my life. And as you remind yourself of that, it strengthens your faith to overcome fear. Thirdly, this is so important. Remember the economy of God. Remember the economy of God. The text says that Moses considered uh, the wealth of Christ as being far more of a reward than the treasures of Egypt. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the riches 
of obedience to Christ is far greater than the wealth of America. That's God's economy. In other words, this, this oh, come on. To Moses, talk about crazy. Listen to what I'm about to say. Suffering for God was actually greater wealth than safety in Egypt. Suffering for God came with a greater reward. Not that he went looking for it, but when it happened, he embraced it by faith, knowing that the reward was greater than safety in Egypt. Why is that? Because Egyptian treasures have passed away. The kingdom of God is still here. You do realize that there will be a day coming when people may never even know hardly the name of America. Everything, every dollar that you've built up, all the status that you spent your life, and I'm not saying that those are bad things at all. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying all those things will one day be burned away, but the kingdom of God will still be here. And you had better understand what economy you're functioning in, Christian, or you'll be paralyzed by fear. Do you really want the greater reward? The eternal reward, that comes by faith. That comes by faith. It's like our good buddy Coelith. I, I miss him. I tell you, I haven't mentioned him in a while. And some of you are like, who is he talking about, Coelith? In the book of Ecclesiastes, it's the main character in Ecclesiastes, and he gets everything the world could possibly offer. But you know what he says? He says it's a vanity. It's like chasing after the wind. Why? Because it's temporary. Understand God's economy, and that will strengthen your faith to persevere in fear. Lastly, is remember the story of the gospel. Remember the story of the gospel. That is what the author has been encouraging us to do throughout this book, which is consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. And understand that even Moses' life of faith isn't ultimately about Moses. In other words, I'm not using Moses' example just for you to stop with Moses, No, be encouraged by Moses, but look beyond him because his little story is just pointing you to a much larger story and it's that larger story that gives you the ultimate confidence to walk by faith in fear. You say, well, what is that larger story that Moses' little story is pointing you to? Look at this. Moses was born, when he was born, was hidden because Pharaoh was killing babies. Just like when Jesus was born, he was hidden because Herod was killing babies. Moses was placed in a basket. Jesus placed in a manger. Moses left the privileges of Egypt as Jesus left the glories of heaven. Moses identified with a slave people. Philippians 2 said Jesus became a slave. Moses was rejected by his people. Jesus was rejected by his people. Moses led an exodus, freeing them from physical bondage. Jesus offers the greater exodus, freeing us from spiritual bondage. Moses parted the sea. Jesus calmed the sea. Moses sprinkled the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Jesus is the lamb slain. Moses brought a covenant, the law, Jesus brings the new covenant, grace. Don't you see? Moses' story is only pointing you to the larger gospel story. 
so that faith family today look to Christ. You feel paralyzed by fear. Look to Christ. Don't stop with Moses. Look to the greater Moses. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who just like that little girl knew there was no way out except through a cross. Who just like her and just like many of us was terrified. Jesus was terrified to drink the cup of his father's wrath. So much so he sweat drops of blood. But what did he do? He trusted his life in the father's hand. And faith in his father overcame the fear of a cross. And as a result, he left us with the greatest example the world has ever known. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this passage, because I know, I know, I know there are people here today, Lakeville, Sanctuary, uh, God, many here on the road of faith that just feel paralyzed by fear. It may be persecution, it may be the fear of losing things, it may be fear of the unknown, it may be fear of the future. There's a lot of things in our life that bring that tiger's roar, and it's paralyzing. But thank you for examples like Moses. Even more than that, thank you for the example of Jesus, who shows us that fear doesn't have the final word. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And he may be a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but we have the lion of Judah, the one who has defeated the enemy. And by faith in him, we can have victory in fear. If there's somebody here today and they feel that worry, that anxiety, that that fearfulness, I just pray that they would be strengthened today in their faith, that they might endure. Others in this room who have maybe never put their faith in Christ before and today know that that's where it starts. They've got to get on this road of faith by trusting Jesus. Speak to us, God, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.